Hello everyone and welcome to Wake the F Up, a brand new feminist show on 101.5 UMFM. We air Thursdays 11 to 11.30. My name is Karan and I use the pronouns he, him. My name is Christina, I use the pronouns she, her. The UMFM 101.5 broadcasts at 1200 watts from the University of Manitoba located on Treaty 1 territory, the original lands of Anishinaabe, Nihayawak, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. Thanks, Karen. And reminder to folks that Pledgerama starts tomorrow, so if you're interested in supporting this awesome community-based volunteer-run radio station, it runs from October 12th to 19th, so you'll be hearing about that all week. So this week, uh, oh, and I apologize in advance, you're going to have to be listening to my my poor excuse for a voice today as I'm just getting over a cold, so I kind of sound like a 300-year-old smoker, so uh, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. So uh, today we want to talk about something called representation and kind of how it's affected us in our lives. So one uh, particular story where I noticed that representation was important for me. So when I was like in my teen years, a movie that pretty quickly became a favorite movie of mine, it's called Vicky Cristina Barcelona. And it's by the director Woody Allen, who I no longer support. So I'll just say that right up front because (laughs) he's you know he's been i don't know if he was actually uh charged or anything but i know that he is on the list of hollywood actors or slash directors he's a director that have been accused of sexual misconduct so we'll just talk about his movie in full acknowledgement of that fact so when i first saw this movie it's about these they're these two women and they're in their early 20s and they go on this trip to barcelona and they're like best friends and they agree on just about everything except how they go about looking for love so they go out to this bar and they're approached by this man who wants to he's basically asking both of them out at the same time and one of the friends is completely outraged and the other friend is like yeah I am down <laughs> for the ride. Down to clown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, and then she winds up tagging along. And the one best friend who was not down, she continues to not be down. And then the friend that gets involved, it winds up meeting this guy's ex-wife as well. And the three of them actually wind up forming what we now know to be called the triad. So the three of them have this relationship. And when I saw this in my teenage years, I was like, what? Like... <laughs> I didn't know that was an option. This is a possibility. People can have relationships with two other people at the same time. And what? Like mind blown. And this was well before I knew the word polyamory. And well before I knew anything about the different types of configurations that romantic relationships can sort of take up. Mm -hmm. So that movie 
by sheer fact that it introduced this concept that was entirely new to me became one of my favorite movies for a number of years because of this fact about it and it wasn't until years later that I learned the word polyamory and then later came to identify with it and since then I've actually come to see a lot more examples in the media not as many as I would like to see of polyamory and of uh healthier polyamorous representations and you know of course unhealthier polyamorous representations exist as well so that movie I found was a really nice it was just it was fantastic to have that polyamorous representation in existence especially with that topic in particular because so many people have no I still have no idea that polyamorous polyamory is even an option right and and I think that like even for me personally, I only started reading more theory, started like looking more into it after I met you. And that is very telling of how it can it can go unnoticed in feminist theory. And I feel like we were talking about a few classes yesterday that Christina has taken and how you were telling me that when we talk about third and fourth waves of feminism, like polyamory isn't something that is like touched upon. And I think that that's very, very just ignorant towards that topic it is yeah yeah absolutely and uh thankfully in the particular class that i brought it up in like we were giving presentations feminist manifestos on things that we found were important it was received very well by our group of feminists but yeah it's it's a topic that's very new to the fourth wave of feminism polyamory is uh to be specific so yeah people don't know if it's an option and there is literature that exists on it and there are people who have been doing this for decades and i mean by god it's existed since the existence since the beginning of time mm, yeah. not the beginning of time but beginning of humans so the fact that people don't even know it's an option like my god we have a long way to go <laughs> to say <laughs> the very least to say the very least oh uh, i'm sure i will go off about this in greater depth one day yeah I, and i <laughs> wish to be there to listen to that christina was telling me a story about how she was playing a game with her her co-workers who were mostly white men 90 percent white men and how kind of representation in media played a role in this game do you want to kind of talk about that and explain that because i think that's very insightful yeah absolutely so for a little bit of background this summer uh i was out in bc and i was just doing some uh like right around the spring they were having some flooding in the southern part of the province so we were out there building sandbags essentially for seven days for 10 hours a day we were just in this like assembly line formation same place same 20 to 25 people filling sandbags, tying them off, throwing them onto the pile, throwing them into people's vehicles and repeat. So we had to make an effort to find things to talk about. So one of our, uh, actually I think it was our boss, was courteous enough to start this game that would keep conversation fresh and keep our minds engaged for the many hours that we had to uh, spend in the hot sun. So we just lovingly uh, called it the movie game. So he would start and they would start off by thinking of a movie, naming the genre and the approximate year it was made. And then people would start asking questions to which the response could only be yes or no. So he would start off, he would name a movie, he would say 90s comedy. And people would ask their questions and uh, eventually, uh, after a while, people would get a feel for it. They would know what questions they want to ask. So a lot of the time, and you know, whatever doesn't, like doesn't, upon dozens and dozens of iterations that I heard of this game, I heard 
I like I could probably count on one hand the movies that I was actually familiar with and I was like okay I I know that I've got this thing I'm picky about movies but my like what is going on here why do I not know any like yes given a lot of them were about 10 years older than me some of them even 20 years older like I'm in my early 20s and they were just naming these movies from the 90s and one of the first questions they would ask is they would start trying to figure out who the protagonist is so they would be like okay is there one protagonist yes or is there two you know whatever so let's just say there's one and they would be like uh is it a man and they would say yes is he white yes and after a certain point in the game it was almost and it's like they they even started to they all started to operate on the fact that it was almost a given that the protagonist was a white man but the funny thing is, I don't know if any of them would have recognized the issue with that. Like me, like coming from a background of constantly talking about social justice, I immediately see the issue with that. And also the fact that I'm not able to participate in their game because I don't like watching the movies that <laughs> right. are just like, you know, fantasy story of the white man. They would just be like, yeah, yeah, main, main character is a white man. So there were a few instances where like I would half jokingly just kind of like they would be like yeah main character is a white man and I would be like surprise surprise but I don't think anyone noticed that I was like pointing anything out or (laughs) that I was kind of taking issue with it and I I pointed out a lot of times that I had no idea what movies they were saying and I must have asked them like (laughs) I must have asked them like 50 times like can you stop choosing movies from the 90s like I was five when the 90s ended like can we please move on and and they don't have any idea they're like yeah what are you talking about like <laughs> is our movies just about white men like <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah so my coworkers most of them being white men talking about these movies that are entirely the story of white men get to enjoy this uh really complex nuanced variety of stories and characters that are all white men you know they get to see the white man being funny they get to see the white man being the hero in a horror movie they get to see him being the action hero they get to see him having complex story arcs and having all this character development and just pretty much whatever iteration of whatever kind of conflict you can imagine a human running into they could name a story for it and they had all grown up on this given the fact that they had this repertoire of just dozens and dozens of movies that they had all enjoyed right and and if i were to generalize this phenomena they would you know be able to back up their claims if i were to point out well this is all about white men they'd be like "Mm mm-hmm there's a black guy right in the back in the extras over there. So oh, okay, we got yeah. our diversity box checked. Yeah, we can check that off the list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not even acknowledging that a lot of the times when they do have that token diverse character that they'll fall into a stereotype or they'll just be there literally for no other purpose than to check off the box. And then you wind up with the glorious stereotype of like the black man in the horror movie that does the stupid thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or like, I don't know, the lesbian that gets killed. Oh yeah. Thank you for pointing that one out. That's, <laughs> I don't know. That, that is an actual problem. That's So like that story kind of tells us how representation can affect us. Right? Like, I mean, if we were to talk about Vicky Cristina Barcelona, they wouldn't know what that movie is about, probably because they haven't watched it. No, yeah, uh, they wouldn't. And no one knows what kind of an impact that movie has had on you, mm-hmm. right? And like when Christina and I were kind of talking about representation in media before talking about it here, 
Christina asked me, well, what movie have you watched that has kind of impacted you in your intersections, in your identities? And I said, uh, huh? <laughs> Just drew a blank. Yeah, I, and, I, and I honestly still can't really point out like more than three shows or movies that have really impacted me. Like, yeah, I've watched good movies. I like I've read good books and things like that, but nothing that has impacted me personally in terms of my brown identity or my bisexuality or anything like that and and it, it's really telling of how effed the entire media is and th- and I think that one of the things that I was telling Christina earlier was about the show Brooklyn Nine-Nine and how that kind of helped me in my coming out of of my bisexuality and and that was one of the only shows that I've seen that has like accurate representation of people of color or queer people of color where it well obviously like it's set in the police force so it doesn't reinforce the whole stereotype of like white men attacking black people which whoops 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 whoops, yikes yeah (laughs) big no but um it's a really good show and i and i will say that it definitely does require more trans representation which everything does in oh, life everything and yeah. I, i'm not going to digress from that but rosa diaz in that show who is a queer woman of color has a hard time coming out as a bisexual person and given that she is of hispanic descent uh, and our stories really differ over there it was just really helpful for me to see how she went through that process and how her story was was hard. It, it wasn't an easy one. It wasn't just a white man fantasy, right? And, and it really helped me to come to terms with my own bisexuality and see, well, the, the kind of people that Rosa surrounds herself with are kind of the same people that I surround myself with. So maybe there is good support out there. Maybe Maybe I don't need to like, just say that oh this is just one person this is just one thing a one-time thing i don't need to say that i don't need to hide behind that rhetoric i I can just be who i am and i have the same kind of support that she does and you know what it's going to be okay Mm -hmm. and no one really realizes the impact of how that kind of representation has on people and let alone like feminists queer people Mm -hmm. people of color queer people of color yeah and there's there's a few characteristics that you mentioned in there that like yes you know it's cool that you were able to find a little bit of uh common ground with that one character in there but like like i just kind of want to break that apart so you talked about your brownness and you talked about your bisexuality like those are both two different things that are completely underrepresented so, oh absolutely yeah you know, yeah, like, I mean, the the extent of brownness that I've found is uh, limited to being the Ranjits and in limousines and taxis driving those cars around, you know? Life of pie. <laughs> Ooh, yikes, yikes, yikes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and something that I'm remembering now, like if I try to think of examples of any representation of Russian people in movies, it's it's... Well, it's not even that interesting of a topic to me. Like, I'm Russian, yeah, but it's never an issue for me because no one, like, I don't experience any kind of oppression due to that because, like, I just look white. No one knows that I came from Ukraine until I point that out. So it's not really a big part of my identity. You know, I I can probably think of some 
movie like Angelina Jolie in Salt like that comes to mind where <laughs> she's just like this spy. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, you know the Russians they're all they're all spies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, but yeah, and that's that's not even that big a thing for me because there are aspects of my identity that there has been more representation for and I haven't uh, had to, like I haven't experienced a degree of silencing and oppression that would make this kind of thing matter more. And the fact that, like when I asked you that question, you know, what movies have stuck with you? What movies have resonated with you? And like, you just kind of looked at me like, like, no. In the what, in the where now? Yeah, exactly. And I was just like, damn like, like i'm not even gonna lie yeah. you folks like i i actually googled goodbye movies and i couldn't like really <laughs> see <laughs> bisexual not farewell <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 t- t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was i googled goodbye movies yeah. in terms of bisexuality yeah. and not farewell movies as christina pointed out but i couldn't see anything about men being bisexual it was mostly just bisexuality but in terms of females and how it was more so just like fetishizing yeah it's eroticized it's fetishized yeah and and again why that's wrong well you that's know a whole other yeah, thing yeah i'm but not gonna I'm like where are the bi men show me the bi men seriously and, and and in that list i obviously got the token gay movie brokeback mountain and i was like hmm <laughs> This ain't it. Nope. And I was pretty pissed off. Mostly because that's the only one. Yeah, it's like an episode of Lost. Your search continues. <laughs> Sorry, that wasn't funny. Yeah, it really wasn't. I wish you hadn't <laughs> said it. <laughs> but whatever. Here we are. <clears throat> Grant, do you know what I think I would love to see more representation of in terms of movies and shows? Please, please enlighten me. I really think there should be a show on the Indian boy that was born in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Just to give a little more context, that's, I was born in Russia, yeah. <laughs> and I have no memory of it. Yeah, and so far, the only representation I'm seeing there is, like, the Indian boy that was floating on a raft and was a vegetarian, so um, <laughs> I don't see a lot of translation there. <laughs> Ooh, yikes, yikes. <laughs> Not too similar to you. Um, another idea for some representation that I was just, like, brainstorming that would be cool to see, shows about the culture of, like, social justice warriors on universities. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen much apart from Dear White People. I saw that, and I really, really enjoyed that. That show is, it's so nuanced and the whole form of the show is all about showing the different perspectives, showing each person's different story and what was going on by the very nature of it. And it's just, it's great. And actually the the main character of that show, well, she does her own radio show called Dear White People. Yeah. And, and you know, what's funny about that? There were some white supremacist stickers that were emerging on campus this summer. And that's kind of when Christina and I had our show finalized. And I was like, Hmm, are we living in dear white people? Are we literally living in this? Yeah. Yeah. The important thing with that show to remember, like if you ever watch it, like that's not a show from 50 years ago. That show is based in modern day. It's right. It's based in right now. And, and it, yeah. And and there's this like so much counterculture towards that culture too of, you know, making fun of social justice workers or like, mm-hmm. yeah, we're Republicans, we're conservatives, dear white people. <sighs> yeah, exactly. 
Um, but I think there's a really, I mean, obviously I think this and you think this because we're living in it, but there's a really rich and interesting whole set of storylines that could be born out of the culture of university students who are finding themselves and realizing and consolidating their political views for the first time. Like, I think for a lot of people, it isn't until they arrive at university, start hearing all these different political perspectives and start making the decision on what it is that they want to believe. And for some people, that just kind of becomes their political views. For some people, for a lot of people, it actually changes the entire like course of their life and what they decide to focus on in some way or another most people that I know that are passionate about their careers or what they want to do ultimately it has something to do with helping other people and that's at the heart of social justice politics like that's that's mm-hmm. it right there and, and it's really hard to kind of come to terms with that if you don't see it anywhere you know yeah like it was hard for me to kind of be like well I am switching from sciences into political studies because I feel really passionate about feminism and like anti-sexual violence work and things like that. Exactly. And that's such a common thing here. But where do you see that story being told? N- nowhere. And and it's it really affected me when I saw Dear White People uh, a couple of years ago or like last year, whenever it aired. And, and it really changed my entire perspective on, on how I want to approach my coming like career years and and it, we talked about being bi and being brown. And it, it just really bothers me that not a lot of people want to go into the storytelling of these complexities and these nuances because these are literally gold mines. Like, I know. Wa- I would drop so much money to watch movies no and kidding. shows. Like I would I would get subscriptions to hbo i i'd go that far if they if they aired something like that exactly they have these ideas to come up with shows with more diversity and more like variety in their representation they're like oh no no let's let's just play it safe yeah and it's like if you played it different you know you're trying to find different stories within the within the realm of stories that you've already been telling and it's the same stuff over and over i am so done of seeing the story of the love triangle and of like the unhealthy jealous relationship and of the white man who you know he's an awkward boy and then grows up and has all this prowess over the woman you know the same story that we've just heard a thousand times over like i want to hear the story of somebody coming out of their shell and realizing that they have a voice and using it or somebody like you know like there's so much there's yeah, so much and and that's kind of the problem with this like the reason people are not willing to make movies and shows and tell these stories is because right now even the shows that do tell these stories are hidden and the sole reason why they're hidden is because these white men fantasies and these regular rom-coms and mm-hmm. just they overshadow these stories that's where the money is that's where the power is and and it's not because it's interesting it's just because that's who has that the influence that's yeah that that's where the influence lies and that's where movies lie right because if i mean if i start to see rom-coms and that's what i associate as movies and and these rom-coms have predominantly white hetero characters and cis characters that's what i'm gonna associate when i say hmm, let's go watch a movie yeah i want to play it safe because that's that's all i've known media to be so obviously these stories that are currently telling uh, these these movies that are currently telling the stories of queer people trans people people of color 
women, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which, wow, didn't know I had to talk about that here. Apparently, in, in we have to specify that we're interested in the other half of the population. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> and like NBs and, and, you know, these these stories that exist are hidden, Yeah, are hidden behind this spectrum. And it's it's just so frustrating because if more of these stories were to come come about, people have no option but to but to watch this. But to watch these stories, to watch these narratives of how different people live their lives and how they have complexities, how they have intersections and how they have these nuances that is extremely interesting to watch. And it absolutely would be like, I think pretty much like so many people that you and I know, like if we encountered this media, like we would just eat it up. Like, you know, we know what these communities look like on our campus to an extent, but just to see how it might proliferate in other places the stories Seriously. of like the possible stories of how it could occur in other places like of course you know we're not implying that because we see a story in the media that it's based on a true story but just the idea of you know it being a possible story of how things could actually look and it being feasible something relatable something that we could say oh hey yeah you know this this is something that's happened in my life mm-hmm. so. and and again like there's so many other like shows out there that i absolutely keep raving about there's a show on netflix that's called easy and it's it's about like different love stories of queer people people of color portrays sex work in a positive way and nice if this were to be a broader genre of storytelling Mm -hmm. i would drop all of my dollars to yeah to consume that form of media and i don't understand why I just don't understand why, because I want to see more of this. Mm -hmm. I want more people to be helped by these different stories. I want more people to realize that, hey, hmm, it is okay to be who I am. It is okay to not hide. And you know what? If this story helps me through it, why, why aren't there more stories like that? I guess what we're just trying to say is that we're supremely frustrated we want more representation especially um, especially of the indian boys born, born in russia <laughs> yeah yeah especially <laughs> just on my life because <laughs> everything revolves around me right uh, yeah totally <laughs> <laughs> and um so what we're gonna do is we're gonna actually advertise our instagram today um oh, yeah. we have a new instagram account that's called wake the f up umfm yeah and We'll have a post on there about this episode and feel free to start a common thread about good movies or shows that you have seen that shows accurate representation of your intersections, your identities, your complexities, or just anything that you think is friggin' cool. Yeah, or any uh, comments towards us, criticisms towards us, suggestions for future shows can hit up the messages on there where, you know, we'll be listening. And as yeah, we- if, if you want us to talk about something... We will talk about it. Oh, yeah. We we absolutely will. So hit us up. Slide into our DMs. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yuck. White boy <laughs> culture. <laughs> so, yeah. That's all for today. Wake the F up. UMFM 101.5. Thanks, Christina. Thanks, Karen. The pressure is high I understand the pressure you had Man, you 
was our dad Lost a child, I can't imagine Left a wife, bills were racking Four daughters, a mother and a brother We still love you and